Welcome to Body Peace Collective. If you are feeling tired and worn down from the constant pressure to shrink, grow, tone, manipulate, or alter your body in any way, then I am so glad you are here. I'm Erin Palmer. I'm an exercise scientist, fitness instructor, mother, and a total sucker for good food. And I created Body Peace Collective to be a place for you to come and gain perspective and learn powerful tools to help you establish a healthy, respectful relationship with your body so that you can put your valuable energy into things that truly matter. You don't have to waste a single minute more trying to make your body be what you think everyone else wants it to be. You can get started on your journey to body peace right now. Hello, hello. This is episode number 18 of Body Peace Collective. And in this episode, I sit down with one of my very best friends, Marion Smith, and we talk about the role that intuitive eating has played and continues to play in her life daily as she seeks to have a healthy relationship with food and to make peace with her body. And one of the things when I started Body Peace Collective, it's always been one of my goals to create a community of women. And one of the ways I feel like I can do that is by sharing stories of women and their experiences with dieting and with hating their bodies and with learning to make peace and and come to a point of acceptance within their body and then move past that even more into creating a life that they've always wanted to live regardless of the size or shape of their body. And so There are so many different stories, and intuitive eating finds women at different points in their life, and sometimes they're ready to dive right in, and they adopt it wholeheartedly. Some of them maybe weren't even looking for the solution of intuitive eating until it found them, And but either way, all of us have a different story, and so I hope that today, as you listen to Marin's story, it might be very different from your own. But hopefully you'll be able to find little pieces of truth and goodness within her story that you can then um, apply to your life and connect to you. Marin is uh, a yoga instructor. She's a meditation instructor. She's also a fitness instructor. And while she hasn't struggled with dieting or body hate for the majority of her life, like many women have, she has so much good to add. And so I want you to just Join us as we talk about um, how Marin was introduced to intuitive eating and how her experience with intuitive eating and making peace with her body has changed over time, how that's evolved. And she also talks a lot about specific tools and practices that she engages in daily to help her continue to have a good relationship with her body and to have a good relationship with food. So I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did having it. Be patient with me. This is my first time recording a conversation, and I admit to being totally nervous. So give me some grace um, and just know that hopefully as we have more women on the podcast that these conversations will get a little bit smoother on my part. But I think you'll agree with me that Marin did a phenomenal job. So let's dive in. So Marin, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um. Well, I'm... Aaron's best friend. Just kidding. That's right. That's <laughs> um, totally true. I was born and raised in a small town called Springerville, Arizona, and grew up working at my dad's hardware store. Absolutely loved my childhood. 
I moved to Utah to go to school. And after lots of failed classes, I ended up studying school health education and taught for just a little tiny bit before I had children uh, at junior high, Lake Ridge Junior in Orem, Utah. And um, I taught health and PE, absolutely loved it. But then I have three kids. I married to my best friend. Okay, Aaron's my second best friend. Aaron's my second best friend. Jeff would be offended. Um, (laughs) Yeah, no, I um, have three kids. I have a nine year old, a five year old, a three year old, and then I'm pregnant with our fourth one. And I teach. Uh, cycling classes at the rec center and I teach yoga and I manage a few rental properties so that's me in a nutshell I think Erin do you have any other things you want me to say no just that I owe all of my handstand abilities to Marin and her excellent <laughs> instruction <laughs> Marin's like a handstand whiz she's constantly upside down Yeah, I um, learned all I know from YouTube. So just kidding. I have to give credit to some other people. But yeah, YouTube was my main educator there. Oh, hey, not a bad educator. So Maren, what would you say right now is your current favorite snack? Like when you're I mean, I know you're pregnant. And so yeah, little off. (laughs) But when you Yeah, what do you typically go to when you're feeling kind of munchy? I feel like I actually can't even talk about it. Okay. <laughs> I don't even know. Uh, like if you look at the bedside of my bed. Okay. I have like cinnamon on my side bed. I have so much candy and just like food, but something that I ate really quickly through Valentine's were those cinnamon lips. Oh yeah. That's yeah. Good. I would say cinnamon is probably like one of my number one candies, but I like chocolate treats. I'm pretty, I'm pretty easy to please when it comes to a snack. I always joke that you're like my old lady friend with snacks because you always have like junior mints yeah like cinnamon bears (laughs) (laughs) I do love those but I have to say like currently something else that is like just I'm hankering for is I ate these pickled onions the other day and I've been texting my neighbor I'm like get me the recipe (laughs) and he got me the recipe and I'm like I can't wait for tomorrow to make pickled onions. So I am all over the place right now. I can't, I can't even figure myself out. No, but that's good because I think, so just to introduce you a little bit more to people, you are the one that really kind of helped me dive totally into intuitive eating. Like, because when I, I remember reading some chapters of the book when I was in a nutrition class at BYU. So I was familiar with intuitive eating, but it, it wasn't introduced to me at a time in my life where I was really ready to, I was still really stuck in the dieting world and wanting to change my body. And so it was when, it was when you were talking about the book and we both just had our first babies. And I feel like you were a huge, huge influence for me. And that's why one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on here first is because you were a huge person to me as I tried to figure this all out for myself. So. Yeah, I still have memories of you calling me and being like, I can't do intuitive eating. And I was like, okay, <laughs> that's okay. I totally yeah. get it. Like it's, I, And I just feel like it's a journey for everyone. There's times where no, you totally. might come to it and it might not work out. And other times you might be like, okay, I'm ready for this. Yeah, and I think that even, even in the middle of intuitive eating, even sometimes when you feel like you've figured it out, something will happen. Do you know what I mean? Like you're, oh, yeah. you're 
body will get injured and it will change or, or, or something will happen where you'll have to like dig a little deeper and latch onto some different principles or other layers of intuitive eating totally you'll get pregnant and you'll be like yeah. what the heck and then you'll be nursing and you'll be like why do I only want Oreos right now <laughs> yeah exactly or lemon heads that was my that yeah. was my food of choice <laughs> lemon heads yeah mini so Oreos what... were all that I could eat I was like I love mini Oreos anyways <laughs> keep going no no that's good no um I was also so what I guess what was your story what's your history what brought you to intuitive eating um yeah um well I feel like um okay actually one of the first questions that you wrote to me was kind of like what was my history with dieting and I had to I had to laugh because I um I don't know how many of your listeners are LDS but I was laughing because I was like I've actually never done a diet not because I didn't ever think about it or want to, but I don't think I've even like ever fully fasted <laughs> in my life. <laughs> I have no willpower when it comes to restricting food. And so I was thinking about how I was kind of like, I um, never could fulfill or even like, I feel like there was times that I was like, I'm not going to eat any sugar. And five minutes later, I was like, where's the sugar? Um, I just don't have willpower to not, um, to restrict food. And, um, I feel like when it came to school, I remember coming home from school once from college once and telling Jeff, like, I'm in all these health classes, but I feel like I can't eat anything that it was just like, there was just so many, you can't eat this and you don't eat this and don't eat this. There were so many rules and restrictions that I was like, I could see how you can develop an eating disorder. But then I also was very interested in eating disorders. And I remember having a professor have a center for change come and speak to our class and they introduced me to intuitive eating. And then my professor had us all read the book and I clicked right away. It doesn't mean that I like stayed the path like we were saying, but I knew it was truth the second I read it and have kind of always had it in my mind ever since then. Um, And so that was how I would say I was introduced to it. Wait, so just really quick to let people know, Center for Change is a community or a center here in Provo, Utah, or Orem, I guess, that treats girls with eating disorders, correct? Correct. It's like a, a facility. And you've talked about wanting to get involved there in the future. Um, Is that still something that you're thinking? Definitely. Working in in a junior high setting and just um, working with young girls. uh, I used to, before coronavirus, work at a um, corporate company teaching yoga. And there was just a lot of younger girls, employees, and just seeing... um, how invasive and how serious eating disorders are and how young they start. I have just felt called to it. Um, I have young children and want to give time to them. And as they get older, I see myself definitely dedicating a lot more of my life to eating disorders. Yeah, you'll be so, so good at that. I would sub sometimes as a yoga instructor at a corporation that Marin was their yoga instructor and they loved her (laughs) I always felt like chopped liver when I was there (laughs) no but but no I actually think that that was really really good because I think that 
I think like what you were saying, surrounding ourselves with people that see us as more than a body is actually really important. And I think, I think if we have people in our lives who maybe struggle to see us as more than a body, I think there are certain boundaries that we can put in place, mm-hmm. right? Like there are things that we can talk about, like, like, please don't comment on my body you yeah. or, or make, you know, make comments like that. But I think originally kind of where we started was, um, what made you decide to make peace with your body? Like, was there something, was it a singular moment where you're like, I don't want to feel this way anymore. You were talking about, you went to college, your body kind of started. Changing. Oh yeah. Um, um, I actually feel like, but- uh, when I started teaching junior high, I, the messages that were in the curriculum was very much like, okay, teach kids how to count calories, uh, teach them, you know what I mean? Like that's insane. Yeah. To me, no, no, that's crazy. That seems crazy. I still remember yeah. like at that point, I was still kind of like confused about like, okay, well I have to teach you. This is part of the curriculum. And I remember bringing like a box of macaroni and like top ramen to be like, look at the calories. Anyways, <laughs> not like I understood anything else. I was like, this is what the nutrition yeah. label says. Anyways, I remember um, having a lot of girls talk to me about like, okay, so I'm supposed to eat this many calories. Anyways, I just remember feeling really uncomfortable with the conversation. I, like I said, I'd already read intuitive eating. And so I knew that, but I didn't, I hadn't processed it the way that I processed it now. And I feel like mm-hmm. I started to kind of be like, I, these girls are looking to me and asking me questions what am I filling their heads with? Like what stories are they going to say and remember about me? So I would say that I started thinking, I've got to, what am I teaching these people? And then I've had children and I, I think about what do I want them to think about their bodies? And then I also, like I was saying, I teach spin and yoga. And as a teacher in the fitness world, I just started realizing how much power and power for to influence people I had because people would be asking me, what should I eat? What can I do to make my arms this way? You know, all these questions that I was kind of like, I have thought those, I've just never been brave enough to ask anybody. And then I started thinking, what, what am I going to say? So I, I started really digging for peace there. I think I've always watched family members struggle and like always be like, I just need to lose two pounds. And to me, I was kind of like, that's not worth it to me. I'm not interested in that. And so that's kind of where I would say I started really searching for making like, what what do I want my message to be to other people? What do I want it to be to myself? And I would say that that was where it kind of started. I can't think of like a heaven's opening moment where it's like, and this was it. It was definitely a process of experiences. Yeah. And I think it so often is a process, but I really love that your motivation was essentially that you wanted to be living these principles so that you could inspire and educate others to live them. Like I said, if if somebody would ask me like what diet, I really would have been like, well, I can't diet. So I couldn't tell you, you know, like I've been. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, so what would you say then? What would you say are some of the things that you want your children or these people in your classes to know like what were what are some of the things that you feel um you're trying to teach one of the main things that if you come to my yoga class or if you know if I meet you and we talk about this is that that you matter um 
and that you have value and that you, as a human being, as somebody that I don't even know, I know and believe that each of us has value, that we have goodness um, built inside of us and we have power to do good, but we stop ourselves from doing those good, amazing things because we think that our values attached to the shape, the size, the age, or the color of our bodies. And that's a lie. <laughs> and so I, I feel like that's something that I try to remind myself on the daily is that I am good, that I'm enough, and that I can help um, inspire and I can help other people see their value when I remind them to not let their bodies, the shape or size or whatever it is, stop them from living a full life. So what would you say are some of the tools or the things that you use to practice that every day? Um, I also teach meditation. And I will say this again. You left that out of your bio. <laughs> I, yeah, sorry. I teach meditation with yoga, but... um. I no. <laughs> couldn't get into meditation until I had a company paying me to teach meditation. It is hard. It's super uncomfortable. But I feel like once I figured it out, I was like, this is this is the trick. Because when you learn how to sit still and listen to your brain and your heart and your lungs and, you know, I mean, your body, um, you start to just be bring awareness to what's really going on um, and you become more sensitive to it so that you can deal with it faster um, than hiding it away. So if that makes sense, like, it's like, let me give you an example. Like I'm walking down, I'm yes, walking please. down the street, which I, I like, I've parked my car. I've gotten out. I'm walking on the sidewalk and it's this wall of glass that I see my body and I so, so clearly can remember saying, that is your body. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, look at your bum. It looks so big. Or you know what I mean? Like, look at, I feel like when I wake up in the morning yeah. and I look in the mirror, I'm like, oh my gosh, you look really tired and old right now, Mary. You know what I mean? Like there's these narratives yeah. <laughs> going on yeah. in my mind and where I automatically attach shame to them, where I'm not good enough all of a sudden. And what I do is I feel like through meditation and getting to know truth and getting to know lies, I say, that is your bum. <laughs> that is your body. That is your face. That is what it looks like. And it's good. It's fine. It's yours. It's okay. It's, you know what I mean? Like it is getting old, older, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, and that's what older looks like. Does it make it less valuable? Yeah. No. But and those are conversations that I legitimately have in my head multiple times throughout the day. Yeah. And, you know, I, I love that you brought that up because I think that there's this really common misconception that people think that once you make peace with your body, right? Or start once the journey. You yeah. To see all of those body lot. Yeah. Once you start the journey that you figured it out, but it's like exactly what you're saying. And that's what I try to tell people all the time is it's more just about learning skills and resilience, right? Like body, body image resilience and learning to just question those thoughts and try to figure out where did they come from and what are like, are they benefiting me to hold on to those thoughts and then challenging them? 
So yeah, I, but it happens daily. It happens frequently. And I think it's because of just all the messages we're surrounded by constantly. Yeah. And I feel like if we don't learn to process them quickly, we hold on to them. We put them in our bodies, in our stomach, in our shoulders, in our face, you know what I mean? And and we that builds up to the point that we do find ourselves going to extreme measures because we haven't been dealing with it on the on the daily, right? So for instance, even today, I'm barely getting showers in, you guys. I'm barely getting my teeth brushed. I'm surviving, <laughs> but I'm so tired. And it's like I woke up from a nap, like a two-hour nap, and I had somebody call me that was just like dressed and showered and ready and so cute. And it was just like her outfit was cute and her hair was cute and her face was cute. And I was FaceTiming her and I was just laying there in my bed seeing my reflection. And I was thinking, wow, you look like a dog. You know, right? like those were legitimately yeah. my thoughts. And it was like, I'm, I'm supposed to be going on this trip with this person in a couple of days. And I really didn't want to go. I was like, I don't want to go. I'm going to be like such a frumpy, dumpy, lumpy, bumpy. You know what I mean? Like I was just like, oh, yeah. And then it was kind of one of those things where I had to talk (laughs) myself out of this lie that I told myself. It doesn't matter what I look like. People don't care. (laughs) You know, like, and these are people that I know love me and they want me there because of me, not because of what my hair looks like or my clothes look like or my face looks like or my body. They want me there because I'm a human being that tells really great jokes or, you know, (laughs) like, anyways. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. you. I know. But it's one of those things where it was like, even today, I've been making peace with my body for years. And today I was at the like bottom of the total, you know, like I was like, I'm barely making it. But it's like, I know I have the skills to to get that out. And to say it out loud to people that I love and trust that will help me get out of that circle of shame. And then it was like, I'm fine. I'm good. But sometimes we don't deal with those. And that's where it gets hard because we start to really believe those things. No, I agree with you. So when you say deal with those feelings, what does that look like? Uh, lots of heavy, deep breathing and stretching. <laughs> uh, like even last night I was laying in bed. Yeah. It was just like, I was so tired and I was just, I, I do yoga. And so I do, what's called Ujjayi breathing where you breathe in through the nose, out through the nose. You use your whisper muscles in the back of your throat. It is the weirdest sounding noise that your body can make. Well, no, there's weirder, but it's pretty loud and weird. <laughs> And Jeff was, was just sitting say, there at the end and he's like, are you okay? And I was like, it feels so good to just breathe in and out and in and out. And I was doing it for probably like a solid five to seven minutes before I like was like, I feel so relaxed. So I actually, I recommend people getting into yoga um, because for me, there's something about the connection of mind and body. Um, there's getting to know getting to know what is what your body's feeling, where you hold tightness, where you hold tension, where you hold shame and fear. Um, it is just a really safe space to start to develop awareness of what you think and what you feel. So I definitely feel like I can't say that I've made peace with my body without yoga being a huge part of it, yoga and meditation. So that's what I would definitely recommend to people. But when we talk about challenging these thoughts, I, I don't know how to help. The, I, like for me, I, I kind of am a fighter. I've always had a big mouth and I've always challenged people or thoughts. And so I do feel like 
you have to kind of start bringing awareness to the thoughts, but then you have to learn how to challenge them. And you'll probably be more helpful than me in that sense. No, not necessarily. I do. I do think though, one of the things you said before was to that also like saying them out loud to someone that you trust, right? Like I think that that a lot of times once we say them out loud, it's almost like we can see them with a clearer perspective, right? That it's like, Oh wait, that's not, that's not actually true. Right. That's just, that's a feeling or a thought that's, that I'm having that isn't based in truth. It's just based in my emotions. But I think, I think that challenging the thoughts comes from knowing what is true. Right. And knowing, knowing that there are marketing executives at play that are trying to get us to believe certain things about our bodies and feel certain things about our bodies because they benefit from us feeling those things. Definitely. Those things. Like I think knowing those truths, like, right. Like knowing those truths, um, I think helps to helps you to kind of, once you've spoken it and I think process through the emotions, like what you said, through breathing and through movement and things like that. I think that just that basic knowledge also helps kind of put. Yeah. And I will say this actually, you gave me one more thought. I keep a journal and when sometimes I don't feel brave enough to say my thoughts out loud to somebody, I will write them down and read them back to myself. And I'm like, that is not right. (laughs) Or like, that's not true. That is not true. But seeing them is one of those things, or even just like giving myself permission to write it down and being like, okay, I'm ready to let go of that has helped me in my life. Yeah, that's an, I was gonna say, that's another thing you've taught me too. Been an ex- a really good example of that for me. Journaling is also a huge way that I think I process emotions. And even journaling is a way too for me to, it's almost a form of meditation in that I, it allows me to slow my thoughts down, right? Because in order to be able to write, like write with my hand mm-hmm. fast enough, like my mind has to slow down. And so it forces me to kind of like analyze my thoughts and, and yeah, just slow down. I think it's a good form of meditation also just journaling. So, well, I think you've given us a lot of really good things to think about. Is there anything else that you feel like women should know about this process of, of making peace with their body and, um, yeah, intuitive eating, anything, anything um, like that? I would say for me personally, having a community of people that support me in this journey is, is huge. And I think that that is a really hard thing to find. And so uh, I don't get discouraged. You know, it's, it's tricky. It's tricky. That's what I would say is it's, it is totally worth it. Um, I love that I have a group of women around me that we get together and we don't just talk about dieting or body. There's so much more out there in the world that we can contribute to and that we can do when we give less energy to the exterior of our body. When I think about the people that I know that diet constantly or are constantly on that journey, which is totally fine if that's where you are. But I, I think about pushing a rock up a hill when I think about people dieting in, and in that space, I'm like, oh, that is so hard to like hate your body that much or to work so hard on that. Um, and then to get where you're never satisfied, right? It's like, there's always yeah. something yeah, else, and the minute but I feel like yeah. I've just pushing, finding peace with your body, making peace with your body is just as hard, but it's so much more satisfying. 
and you do get to these like beautiful points where you're like, yeah, I am so happy that I chose this path versus that path. Yeah, no, exactly. I love that imagery because for real, if you are, it is like pushing a boulder up a hill and the minute that you stop, the boulder rolls down. Right. But I feel like making peace with your body is still climbing the hill. It's still hard. <laughs> like it requires a lot of energy and effort exertion, but I think you, you don't yeah. undo what you've done, right? Like when you learn and you progress and you, you're, you, sometimes you have to stop and rest for a little bit, right? Like sometimes you have to let go for a little bit, but you can just keep, anyway, that's, I like that. That's a good, oh. good imagery, Marion. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining yeah, me from I, the comfort of your bed. <laughs> I, well, I, Aaron and I talk about this regularly. And so I actually just feel like Aaron and I were having one of our chats. Yeah, no, thanks. Thank you, Marion, for joining me. And I, I feel bad because this is my first one with a guest. And so I am feeling a little <laughs> bit nervous, but I think you did. A, I think you did a really, you did a really, really great job. And I think that, like I said, you've, you've always been someone for me. You have been that anchor in my community of women that have helped me when I did want to give up and when it did get hard. And when I did decide to do, yeah, like, right. Like those little things, like, I always felt grateful. You were always a safe place for me to come back to and, and to say like, okay, I'm ready to try again. So I totally agree with you that finding yeah. that community of women matters You're so much. I so will, thank you I for will being say that for me personally, person for me. didn't happen like free of judgment. I've loved to say that it was like, I was like, Oh, you'll be fine. <laughs> you were well, judging like, me? <laughs> I remember and, and my sister's going to listen to this and call me and be like, why are you talking about me? But I remember like when, <laughs> When I first introduced intuitive eating to her, she was like, great, this is great. And it was like, she moved away and got new friends and they were like, let's lose 20 pounds together. And like, I was like, what are you doing? Yeah, no, that's so true. I can relate to that though. I remember with that specific whole 30 example, I remember it was like, I'm just going to just do this one more thing because it promises that you'll be healthy. But I remember once again, coming back to just like your sister who <laughs> shall not be named. No, I'm just kidding. How just like coming back, but coming, coming back to that and realizing it was almost a good thing for me to have done intuitive eating and to feel what that felt like the peace that came with that, right? Like the freedom and the, the, the body trust, right? The, that came from intuitive eating to then go into a diet and then and then realize like, oh, this is not mm -hmm. how I want to live. Like, like even if this did provide the results it promised, it's not worth it to me because there was another way that felt so much freer and so much better. She experienced yeah. that and came back around and was like, okay, that was not for me. And so it was like, that was a good experience for me to be like, hey, it's okay if this doesn't work for you. And I have other people that are like, I can't do intuitive eating but I am intuitively eating you know what I mean like I was like it's okay if it's too like yeah. <laughs> intense where you just make peace make peace with food and your body and however you get there yeah. I hope you get there sooner than later I hope you enjoyed this little interview with Marin and I hope that you were able to take some things from her experience and from how she's choosing to live her life and that you can apply it to yours in order to have a better relationship with food and with your body and, and with yourself. I 
think that stories are so powerful because we can see ourselves in others, right? When we hear their stories. And so if you or anyone you know has experience with intuitive eating, or even if you're still trying to figure it out, please reach out to me. If you would like to be on the podcast and you'd like to, or if you know someone who would be good to be on the podcast, please send me their information and I'll reach out to them. You can send it to Body Peace Collective on Instagram. You can just DM me and I'm happy to reach out. But like I said, I want to get more women on this podcast. I want to hear more stories so that first of all, you can realize you're not alone. Second of all, no story is perfectly linear. When all of us try to learn about intuitive eating, you could hear that from my own experience talking with Marin, that it's a journey and it's not clean and it's not simple and it's not easy, but it's possible and it's so, so worth it. So join with us. Let other women help you. Let's go at this together. So like I said, if you know anyone or if you want to be on the podcast, please reach out to me. Um, Have an awesome, awesome week, you guys, and we'll be back here next week. Okay, bye.